0: Radio Influence. Welcome, welcome back to Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. How's everybody doing this week? I am back in the good old U.S. of A. Everybody knows I was in Spain last week. Uh, Shout out to my family at Ducati, North America. Uh, That was an amazing, amazing press launch for the new uh, Diavel 1260 S. Yes, yes, it's a bad, bad, bad machine. It's a dope bike. Uh, shout out to my brothers, Jason Chinnock and my homeboy, Alex Franz. And Alex was a guest last week on the show. Thank you guys so much for having me be a part of that. But Black Moses is back. I'm back in the U.S. of A. And, uh, you know, traveling is always great, but there's nothing like being home. And, uh, you know, come back home, get back to business Have you guys and gals had an opportunity to check out the current issue of Sport Bikes, Inc. magazine? If you haven't, I'm going to urge you. I'm going to suggest. I'm going to ask. I'm going to plead with you. Please go to www.sportbikesincmag.com. That's Sport Bikes, Inc., I-N-C, M-A-G, Dot com And check out the current issue. It's our annual road race issue. And I, I, you know, included in it is a great interview that I had the opportunity of doing with Paolo. Chiabati, who is the, I know I just messed his last name up. Sorry, Paolo. Um, (laughs) uh, He is Ducati Corsa's sporting director uh, for MotoGP, for the MotoGP team and the World Superbike team. So please check it out. There's a lot of other great road racing content, info, and topics in the issue. Please check it out. I'm sure you guys and gals will dig it. Uh, other news other news that's going on right now. Road racing in America. Road racing in America. Listen, there are... Uh, there's, there's different ways to talk about the topic. Moto America is the highest level of road racing in the United States. It, you know, and, you know, it, you, you, you talk about Moto GP. You talk about World Superbike. What's not often talked about is Moto America. Now, the opening round of the 2019 season is next weekend. Not this weekend, but it's next weekend, April the 5th through the 7th. And it's popping off at Road Atlanta. Shout out to Georgia. Shout out to all my peoples down in Atlanta that are tuning in and checking out your boy Black Moses on Life in the Fast Lane. The opening round of the 2019 Moto America season is April the 5th through the 7th. Road Atlanta in Georgia. Now listen, I won't be there. I won't be there. But you know, it's it's necessary to discuss how how much support the road racing community has in the United States. And I've had conversations with powers that be in organizations that, you know, there's so many race fans that aren't coming to the events, to the races. Um, But, and, and there's a reason, there may be a reason for it. There may not be a reason. There's a whole bunch of different ideas, concepts, whatever, as to why the there seems to be a disconnect between the race fan and the race event. So, you know, I, I'd like to stress the importance of showing up. I'd like to talk about showing up. If you're a race fan, a motorcycle race fan, it is dire, dire that you show up to the races that come to your region of the country and show support to the sport. I'll say it again, support the sport and support those that support the sport, you dig? And you know, it, it's, it's, very, it's very simple. This is our community, uh, the, the, the gentlemen and ladies that race, they, uh, they're, they're part of our family. And they deserve our love, support. So let's make sure that if we can, we should. You you dig what I'm saying here? Road racing, there was an incident, and I'm sure most of you have probably seen it by now. It happened last week in Costa Rica. And I'm I'm not going to get into the details, you know, but it was two riders and there there was an altercation at speed. And, you know, it's 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 not funny. It's really not funny. It's, it's, it's tragic. It's sad because at, as with anything, it's, it, you know, lives are on the line and, it, and it's never funny when someone's life is at risk. So if you Google. The uh, I think it's Costa Rica Racing mishap Or fight Long story short the two riders Basically got into a street fight On the front stretch Of the track During the race at speed The one dude looked like Fred Flintstone Because he jumped on the back of the other Rider and was using his feet to Drag the bike to stop it's not funny It's not funny it's sad But I bring it up because that segment, that that uh, short video clip, made national news. It was on CNN, headline news, and Fox, and bop 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 local news. And I I feel as though, all right, yeah, that's that's what they think of us. That's all we get. That's all we get. The the incredible athleticism of the road racer, okay, all the incredible things that occur in road racing gets ignored, but here are two idiots, two idiots that could put a stain on our sport, and, and, you know, as I understand it, both racers were banned for two years, so their career is pretty much over. Uh, And again, this is in Costa Rica, but still erasing an incident in Costa Rica that puts riders in a bad light. As far as I'm concerned, I said, it's not funny. Um, It's interesting to watch. It's entertaining to watch. But for all the wrong reasons, Uh, Black Moses does not approve Black Moses does not approve. But I I feel the, the need to talk about it because that's something that that's how the rest of the world sees us potentially potentially not all but some they see that as oh that's newsworthy. Well why is that newsworthy but uh you know uh, championships are not. Moto America is not necessarily newsworthy in the non-motorcycle uh media platforms. Same thing with World Superbike, Moto GP. Uh Isle of Man Tourist, you know, the, the TT. All those things are not necessarily newsworthy but to the non-motorcycle industry media platforms but to idiots that get into a street fight during a race Duh, that's that's news right there that's news. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of that aspect of how we could potentially be portrayed or that portion, that segment of our universe is portrayed. So we got to do some changing. We have to do some, uh, we have to, we have to take hold of the narrative. We have to take hold of the narrative. And one of the ways that we can do that is by getting out to the races and showing support when we can, if we can, then we should you dig, Now listen, I won't be at the first round. I won't be at the first round, but I will be at the second round, which will be the weekend of April 12th through the 14th at Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. So I'll be there. That's that's Moto America and Moto GP. That's always a great, great weekend. That's always a... All of them are great race events. That's a great weekend. So make sure if you can... You know, be there for that. If you're going there and if you see Black Moses in the paddock or anywhere, anywhere at the track, make sure you holler. Just give a quick, Black Moses, give me a shout out. If I hear you, I'm gonna holler black. You dig? See what I did there? Holler black, Black Moses. All right. Welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, y'all. Let's ride. As I just mentioned, round one of the 2019 Moto America season kicks off next weekend, April, on April the 5th, in Georgia, at Road Atlanta. My guest this week is Moto America's communications manager. Please welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, my buddy, Mr. Paul Carruthers. What's going on, man? How are you?
1: I'm doing actually pretty fine out here in California. We've, uh, as you can imagine, it's uh, our office is sort of like um, a bunch of chickens running around with their heads cut off because we're we're a week away from uh, from our big first event at Road Atlanta. So it's all good. We're uh, we're excited and and ready to go. I think. Now,
0: before we go any further, I want my listeners to know that you know I've been pronouncing your last name Carruthers. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Nailed it. Moses nailed it. I nailed it. So you nailed it, Paul Carruthers, You are the communications manager of Moto America. Is that correct?
1: That is correct as well. Yes.
0: Good man. Good. So what? You know, we have the season 2019 Moto America season opener popping off. Is it? Is it April the fifth? April fifth yes sir april 5th april 5th 6th and 7th road atlanta right yeah that i'm 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 excited i'm excited um you guys are all ready to rock and roll on your end correct as much as you can be.
1: yeah we're we're very close and you know those last couple of days are always uh as always a jam like it is for anything when you have a deadline and but no, I think uh, we're looking really good, and, and everybody here seems excited and, and ready to go. Um, people start leaving here pretty soon, and I, I head down there on the Wednesday to get ready for uh, for the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So yeah, we're pumped and looking okay. forward to it.
0: Now listen, Paul, you and I have known each other. You know, it seems, you're Paul, you're one of those guys that when we you and I see each other, it's almost in passing. We never really get a chance to like, chop it up, you know. But when we see each other, I feel like we never really miss a beat, you know? We just kind of we just kind of we vibe, we vibe. But we've known each other since 2015, since the first season. Is that accurate? Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I think we would have Yeah, we would have met that first season and you're right. I mean, it's kind of like um it's it's kind of like we just pick up where we left off and and I get my big old big old man <laughs> hug and we sort of move on. But you're also correct. I mean, and, and I think we need to change that this year. I think we it'd be nice to go to a dinner or something and sit down where we could actually agree, you know, talk about some things. But uh, no, it's, it's it's always good to see you.
0: I tell people I say it to your face all the time that you're you're good for my credit rating. If I stand next to Paul For about five minutes My credit score goes up At least 40 points All right So I'm not saying I'm not saying It's going to work For everybody I'm saying It works for Black Moses All right Listen listen, That's nice Let's back it up A little bit Let's back it up Let's talk about Your History In the industry Because Before Moto America You were In the industry So let's talk about You know Just you know Briefly or as Extensive Extensive as you want to be. What are your coming ups in the uh in the motorcycle world?
1: Well it's hard to be brief because it's long. Um my father was actually raced and was world champion in nineteen sixty nine. So I was basically uh born at the racetrack and I've been there ever since. Um we went to we went to Europe when I was a young boy. Um you know, for five years and traveled the grand prix circuit. And then my father won the world championship in 1969 and finished second in 1970. And then in 1971, we came to the U S he was going to do one or two races. And then we were going to go back to Australia where I was born and partially raised. And he, uh, he raced in the AMA series and did really well. Um, and then we never left. Uh, actually I was, it it was, it's funny that we're going to road Atlanta because my father won there in 1971 and I believe it was the first AMA national held there. So I was actually there, I was there in 1971, but, uh, so it's been a while. that's crazy. Um, wait, 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 what's your dad's name? Let's
0: give dad, let's give your dad his props. A Kel
1: Carruthers. Kel? K-E-L. Yep. K-E-L. Um, yeah, 1969, 250 CC world champion, which is now moto two in the moto gp series so yeah he goes back a ways and uh he's actually gonna come with me to uh to coda this year so it'll be nice it'll be his first moto america race wait wait
0: i'll i'll be at coda i'll be so i you know mandatory black moses must meet your father mandatory
1: oh yeah you you can give him a big squeeze as well he's He's even smaller than i am he's got one coming (laughs) yeah There you go. So so anyway, my background started with my father's racing, obviously, and, and I was always at the races, and then he ended up being uh, crew chief for Kenny Roberts and also Eddie Lawson, so he won four more world championships as a, as a crew chief. So I spent some time in Europe as a teenager um, with Kenny Roberts and and did that whole thing all over again. Um, we settled in San Diego, which is a blessing because it's, uh, you know, as, as we all know, it's America's finest city. So... Uh, <laughs> so we settled, we settled in San Diego and, uh, and then I went to, uh, I went to school there. I ended up going to San Diego state. And when I finished San Diego state, I worked for a, a bi-weekly newspaper in San Diego. And I got the call one day from John Orich, who was the editor of, of cycle news. He's now the, uh, editor and owner of, um, of road racing world. My good buddy, and, John
0: Orich, love that
1: guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so he, he, I did some freelance work for him. Uh, I covered some motorcycle races for him, et cetera. And then he had a position open, and he gave me a call and said, hey, would you be interested in working here? It wasn't really my goal at the time because I kind of wanted to do something that was non-motorcycle related, mm-hmm. um, but, but it was the best thing I ever did because um, I, 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 I took the job at Cycle News, and I worked my way up until I eventually became editor, and I ended up being there for 30 years before um, – before I'd, I talked to Wayne Rainey, who I'd known forever from from growing up around the track and also from my job at Cycle News, yeah. he told me what he had going on with taking over uh, the AMA Superbike Series, and he needed somebody um, like myself that could that could do this job. And I accepted it, and it, it, you know it was a big decision because obviously I'd been at Cycle News for thirty years, but actually it wasn't a big decision because I just felt like the time was right and I needed a change. And I knew whatever Wayne had his hands on would be a positive experience. And and I think every, you know, it it was something that I I just I just held on to. And I was like, oh, man, this is something I got to do. And and like I said, I've uh, I've never been happier. It's it's been the perfect job for me.
0: That's awesome, man. That's you know, it's it's interesting that, you know, everything in life is cyclical. It kind of all comes back around, you know, like you being born, you know, racing in your blood, uh, descendant, you know, of a champion and you wanted you, you mentioned that you wanted to kind of do something outside of the industry at a certain point, And then you kind of you got out or almost got out and then it pulled you back in. And now you are where you are. And and that's interesting to me because it's just, you know, I'm a student of life and I'm a student of how the universe works. And you may have an idea of where you wanna go and, and what you wanna do, but sometimes things work out for the best if you just let it happen, if you just ride it out. So I don't know. I think that's I think you're I think you do your job great. I think you everything actually you know let's talk about the communications manager. What are some of your you know responsibilities? What do you what does that mean for those who don't know? I know. But for those that don't know, what does that mean? Well, I, for starters,
1: I do like I, I do all the press releases that come from from Moto America. Um, I work on the website, Moto America's website. Um, I work a lot with our, with social media, um, and that's it. As as we all know, social media has turned into uh, major. You, yeah, it used to be daily, and, and now it's and then it was hourly, and now it's <laughs> like minute and you know and seconds. So. Um, I do that at the races, um, at the races, I run the press conferences. So after every race, um, I, I take the, the riders, the top three to the, to the press center, and then I conduct the interviews there and, and get that rolling. So journalists can ask their questions and, and get what they need from these guys. Um, I also, um, help with any local media or, uh, television media that shows up prior to the race. Uh, like at Road Atlanta, we will have a Fox station um, show up on Friday morning. So I'll help those guys get what they need as far as a rider interview or whatever it is they want to accomplish. So I work with them and kind of give them some background and help them. A lot of the, a lot of the local uh, newspaper reporters and TV reporters, you know, they come to these events and they're not really, they're, they're not really hip on what's going on or they, they, they don't know much about it. So I kind of try to educate them as quickly as I can so that they do a nice segment for us. Um, what else do I do? I do a lot of stuff with, uh, with Wayne, like for example, at Coda, um, Wayne's always in high demand because obviously he was a three-time world champion in that series. So of course. when we get to Coda, there's uh there, I usually have a, a whole schedule of, of interviews and things that he has to get done there. So I work with him a lot, um, to make sure that he's, uh, he gets what he needs. Um, and what am I missing? <laughs> i don't know it just you do a lot just, man i mean like that's yeah, like that's it's, not it's, enough it's a busy time <laughs> it, it keeps me uh it keeps me in shape at the races because i mean once that once that shows gets rolling um you know friday afternoon saturday and sunday it's pretty much non-stop from early in the morning till late at night and but again it's something i just enjoy i enjoy working with the riders a lot um i, I have good relationships with them and uh and, you know, I think they know that I've got their back, and in turn, they, uh, they do whatever I need them to do. And sometimes I have to go to them with a last-minute request, and they him and haw a little bit about it. But <laughs> I always twist their arm a little bit and make it happen. So I think that's uh, – I think it's valuable that I have the relationships that I do with them. And I think coming from the racing background that I do, I kind of know what's going – I, I kind of know what I – know, I know when to bother them and when not to bother them. Yeah. And I also know what uh, what it takes for them to do what they're doing, so – there's a little equal verse back there
0: was it 2017 when it was the new jersey round toward the end of the season and the riders came out to philly for a media ride was it 2017 that would have been i think it was 17 yeah now yeah it was 17 now that was a that was so much fun for me to be uh to have you guys come through the city of brotherly love, you know, Philadelphia, where Black Moses was born and it raised. was awesome. Yo, so like okay, so paint the picture for for the listeners. Cuz I could say it, but I'd like to actually hear it from your point of view. It was a meet for those listening, it was a media day, something that Paul had just mentioned, but we did it in a very Philly way. Take it, Paul.
1: Well, Yeah, it was – I had a a a rent-a-car full of riders, and luckily Roger Hayden's girlfriend at the time, who is now his wife, was – I think she was sort of ended up shotgun because I was completely freaking lost. (laughs) And she was guiding me, and we're following you and all your hoodlum buddies. Hey, 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 no hoodlums. No, no, and I use that term with – with love and respect let's
0: call uh, them let's call them urban motorcycle enthusiasts. how about that there we go
1: so we're following this group of hoodlum (laughs) urban motorcycle enthusiasts through philly trying to keep up and uh i was impressed i mean these guys knew what they were doing and it was it was as close as you can get to a police escort without having the police involved in any possible way i think you Um, guys were so
0: shocked that we did not stop for traffic
1: no, you didn't stop for traffic, and you know sometimes riding on the sidewalk and stuff that was a little new to me. My rent car wouldn't fit on the sidewalk, yeah. but I at least could see you guys were getting me in the right direction <laughs> and uh no, it was good. We did the little tour of Philly and we had the cheesesteaks and yeah. and uh it, it was one of the we, we did several of those media events in two thousand and eighteen, and that one was one of the highlights, and I know the riders enjoyed it and if the riders enjoy it, we get more out of them and uh, and it works out to be a nice day and that that was one of the the top days that we had so yeah, you did a good job with that. Thank and you, it, sir. Uh,
0: Thank you. It showed us it showed us the real Philly, I guess. You know what? The funny thing is, and, and, and Paul, you and I, we've had side conversations about uh, the fan base, Moto America's fan base. And I think that, that one of the goals of one of my goals of that day was to show the connection that exists. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, that's a different conversation for a different day. But moto america's fan base is greater than what i think moto america gives itself credit for does that make sense yeah i think so um and i think you're right i mean there's
1: this i think the the, like you said the fan base exists is a lot larger than what actually we're seeing at the races at this point in time and i think there's various reasons for that and i think that will that will begin to change i think you know, there's a lot of times when we're not real patient with things and we're like, oh man, why aren't there more people here? Why aren't there more people here? But I think it's one of those things that actually takes time and we need to just chill a little bit. And I think this thing's going to continue to grow. And I think at some point it'll start to grow more rapidly and it'll have kind of a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, we just, we, we need to get people to the races and, and, you know, I, less people at the races also can be a byproduct of how good your television package is. That's as well. very
0: true. That's very true.
1: And, um, you know, I, so I think the two go hand in hand. We want to have a good television package. And this year we have the best television package that we've ever had. And have congratulations
0: on for- that. My guy, congratulations. You want to tell the good people about that?
1: Well, yeah, and you know Chuck Axelon started. He he started working on that. You know, at, at the very at the end of last season, or actually probably before we ended last season, and and I know he put in a lot of time and a lot of work to make that happen. But I think we've got a package now that's. I mean, I, what you want to do with your product in this day and age is present it to people in as many different ways as you can, because people want to people want to use it in different ways. I mean, now we have we have the live streaming through Moto America Plus. A live plus and uh that basically you know and i was telling these guys the other day that they, they you know we don't necessarily realize but i mean that's kind of made moto america a global company because yeah. there's people all over the world now can watch our races they can watch them live they can watch them on demand and i think that just opens up a lot of it, that 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 brings a lot of good to the series especially yeah. you know tony elias for example is going to have a lot of uh friends and, fa- and fans in spain that can and now watch that base, then, exactly So we can start to, you know, to tap into to that worldwide audience. And I think that's going to make a huge difference for us going forward. And then we have the the NBC Inside America show, which will be which will air a week after each event. But the idea with that is that it's going to be while it show it will show some highlights. What it's going to do is focus on some personalities within our paddock. Beautiful. And as you know from being in there, <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a there's a zillion stories. Oh, in there, it's the best, best show not on. It's the, it's
0: the best show that has not been on TV yet. It's really right. It's really amazing. I mean, like, and you know what? And that's something that you know what it makes me wonder, it makes me think. And if I'm thinking, I know other people are thinking it that how hard what's the what's the struggle what's the struggle for marketing i mean us based racing the highest level of road racing in america how what are the struggles that come along with marketing that well it's just
1: it's just so it, it's really difficult because like if you i think the the bottom line is that they just it, it, as a general audience, Americans just don't have a motorcycle, motorsport passion. Mm. It's like, you know, it's, it's, I, I've, with the amount of time I've spent in Europe and the amount of time I've spent with MotoGP and even racing when my father raced and et cetera. But like, you know, that like if Wayne Rainey is in Italy today and he goes into the bread store into the bakery the 75 the year old lady <laughs> behind the counter knows who he is right you know uh, we c- I can take him anywhere and no one knows who he is I mean every once in a while somebody will recognize him but it's very rare yeah. unless we're at our racetrack obviously and then everybody knows who he is but but I think that's the difference it's like there it's like there it, it the mo- motorsport and motorcycle racing in Europe and and really the rest of the world other than here, is is you know it's treated with the same respect and and stuff that you know like our NFL is and our Major League Baseball etc. Um, and so I think it's it's difficult to make it's just baby steps to get it won't probably it'll never it'll never reach the level that it reached in Europe. But I mean, yeah. damn, we should be able to get it closer.
0: You know what's it's what's boggles my mind is you, you mentioned how we don't really. The motorcycle racing community in the U.S. doesn't really get the coverage on, you know, if you want to say the national or regional news. There was an incident I think that happened. Was it last week in Costa Rica? With the, I'm sure you've seen the video. The two riders, yeah. and you know what? That was on uh, CNN. That that negative portion of our of mm-hmm. our world that makes national news. And it's to me, how right. how backwards is that? All the greatness, all the great, the camaraderie, the 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 spirit, the soul of what we do, that gets ignored. But two idiots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Granted, it's right. you, you know what I mean. It's a train wreck. You kind of you start watching, it's like wow. No, you want to watch. You want to see it. Yeah, but, but the problem um, is, it's like, and
1: I wouldn't even mind if they showed that kind of stuff if they're also showing the other stuff. Right. You balance, know, and it, it'd balance. be like showing it'd be like showing bloopers from a baseball game, right. but not covering the game itself.
0: Right. You know, and it's like that's if people take away from that non industry people or non enthusiasts, they're like, oh, look at these idiots out there. I told you motorcycle racing is dangerous. You can get into a street fight, you know, so like I could just hear right. those conversations. Yeah. And there's no balance there. So and a lot of a lot of the issue here is is
1: is there's always been somewhat you know there's been negative feelings towards motorcycle r- riding on the street and and you know it's not fair but it's like you know you know what it's like you yeah. you probably you know if you t- if you tell some some random guy on the street that you ride motorcycles he's going to have a story about his brothers neighbors aunts uncles mother who you know broke her leg or something you know it's like everybody's got a everybody seems
0: to have this little anti motorcycle you know
1: story in their
0: background. This is what I hear the most when I when people, "Oh, oh, oh you ride bikes?" Yeah, no I'm just walking around with a helmet. Uh you will be careful. And I'm like, "No, you be careful." You know, I yeah, if you're wishing right. me well, if you're wishing me safety, I'm wishing you safety in return. But it's always that instant like, "Oh, you ride, oh, that's dangerous." I'm like breathing it depending on what state you live in, breathing air and drinking the water could be just as dangerous. So it's just a, it's a mental thing. It's a mental thing. What do you, what Yeah, you, and I just think it needs to, I think it needs,
1: you know, the, the bottom line that the thing that would help us and would help the, the motorcycle industry is actually just more people buying motorcycles and riding them. Agreed. And that starts, that starts with a dad. It, you know, mo- most of us, Wait, most Paul, of us started riding. Stop, mo- stop,
0: stop, stop. You just said uh-huh. a true thing. I want you to repeat it because that is a true thing. It starts with what? It starts with people buying and riding motorcycles. You guys heard what because- my boy Paul said? <laughs> Buy more motorcycles. Paul, oh, that was great. That that right. Well, point. I mean it's it's, it's it sounds
1: simple but it's the truth. I mean it's like because that you know if you if you ride a motorcycle there's a good chance you're going to be a motorcycle enthusiast and there's a good chance you might come to one of our races or you know you might go to the local motocross, or you might go to the supercross, whatever it is, whatever it is that you like about it. Uh you know, I think it starts with having some sort of passion for actually riding the motorcycle itself. And, and, you know, if we can get, you know, because the thing is, most of us started because our dads rode motorcycles and they taught us how to ride motorcycles as little kids. And then you kind of pass that along. Um, and I mean, as long as that trend would pick up or, you know, I would say continue, but I think it's kind of stopped a bit, but if we could get that started again, it would, uh, you know, it'd make a big difference.
0: No, I agree with you 100 percent, you know, that saying stardom young or if you teach a kid how to, uh, you know, working on bikes and riding motorcycles. And once that habit kicks in, they won't have money for anything else. So that's a right. (laughs) um, You know, we've touched on a couple of topics, uh, a couple of talking points, you know, just we just kind of rolled into. But I wanted to I wanted to ask you your personal thoughts on the future of American road racing. Where do you think the sport's going? Well, I
1: think I can tell you at the end of my cycle news career. I got to the point now that I now this is a guy that covered the AMA Superbike series since 1985. Okay. And by the end by the end of my cycle news deal which was, you know, 2013-2014 in that area there. I didn't, um, I didn't, I didn't even want to go to the, to the superbike races anymore here. I really the, pa- the paddock, the paddock had turned into a negative place. Um, nobody was happy. I think they were down to like five rounds. There was no TV. It was, no one was making any money. There were no new teams. There were no fresh faces. It was just, it, it just wasn't a good place. So I think. If you look at where we took it from that point to where we were even our very first year and and obviously all the way to where we are now, I think it's it's grown. It's it's like it's sometimes like I like I said earlier, it's like we don't have a lot of patience. But I, I always remind these guys, like, look, let's look at this. Let's look at this where it was four years ago. Right. And look at it where it is now. And I mean, the, the changes have been massive and substantial. And it's like, we've gotten this thing now to a point where it's a good show. It's a good place to bring your family. It's a great show. Uh, the ra- the racing is excellent. We have, we have, we have stars in the series. We have uh, rising stars. We need to tell more people about them. They need to become bigger stars, but we have, we now have the foundation on which to build where before, when we took this thing over, the foundation was, you know, shaky crap. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was like you, you wouldn't build a house on that foundation. Well, we, we took a, we took a crappy foundation and we fixed it and we've started to build on it and the building's getting pretty robust. And I think the building, we can just keep adding floors to it and we're going to get somewhere, but it takes a little bit of time, but at least now, um, at least now, you know, if I didn't want to go to the races, I can't imagine that a fan did, you know. Um, <laughs> right. And I was actually making money there. Uh, so the the thing is, it's like I think we've got it back to the point where the racing is really, really good. I mean, I, I don't care what anybody says. If you go to if you go to watch one of our super bike races, and this year this year I think we're going to see it more than ever. There's going to be a pack of five or six guys at the front the guy who gets dropped off that front group is going to find himself a couple of seconds later in another group of six or seven guys. And I think that's just, you know, that's what we had to do. We had to get the racing. We had to get everybody happy. We had to get everybody so that they knew we were run things on schedule. We had to get TV packages. And Richard Varner, who's who's, who's our main money guy in the, in the group, I mean, he's spent the, the financial commitment that he's made to this is just, it's, it, it, it's a hell of a lot of money. And and he's got a passion for it, and he's going to see it through. And, and I think now you'll just start to see things snowball a little bit, so we can get it to the point where it needs to be to make it a a, a real sport in this country that people follow.
0: I love it, man. I love it. Um, what's what's on deck for the for the 2019 season? Has there been some, there's um, there's some changes and upgrades from previous seasons? But what can the fans expect in the 2019 season? Changes, well, uh, I think
1: classes I, yeah I think that the classes are, are have stayed the same as they were last year we have our premier superbike class we have um, we have our super sport class which is you know right below Superbike then we have uh, our junior cup class which is which is which is our feeder class I mean you can you can actually start racing and that was one of Wayne's goals he's like we need a class that that we can get 14 15 16 year olds in here and they can race on safe racetracks. they race in front of all the right people because the team managers for the teams that you know might be able to help them down the road if if they if they, if you stand out now at least you're standing out in front of people that can potentially give you a really nice job for the next year mm-hmm. um so we have that class where, where where they start, and then they progress from there based on where, what direction they want to go in. And then we also have our Twins Cup class, which last year at Road Atlanta, that was the first race for Twins Cup, and we had nine entries. And looking at Road Atlanta next week, we have 39 Twins Cup fights. That, that's all, crazy. That'll be on
0: the Started with nine so last that's, year.
1: <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah, it's, that, that's, that's over 300% gain. Ooh. So when you look at something like that, it's hard to not – you know, feel good about things. Uh, stock 1000 started last year with a small entry. It's entries list is way up for road Atlanta as well. So we can start to see, I think the overall entries for road Atlanta are up 26, 27% over last year. So, uh, I think the class structure we have now is really good. I think it gives a, there's a little bit for everybody as far as competitors go. And there's also a lot of on track action for our fans. Um, one thing Wayne wanted to do in the beginning was give these guys a lot of track time. So the practice sessions are longer than what they were used to in previous years. Um, the only way they're going to get better is to actually be on the track and to race each other. So the goal is to, uh, the goal is still to get somebody, uh, you know one or two of our guys or more to to make the steps through our series and we'd like to see them go on to world championship status because at that point that would bring us more attention as well but it's one of those catch 22 things like if if cameron bobier were to go to world superbike we would lose cameron bobier who's one of our stars mm-hmm. but um you know it would be selfish to think of it that way i think if we if we continue to uh to build stars and let them guy let those guys go through our program then you know, you may lose a star, but you've gained two You're or three. Other
0: exactly. Keep that. Yeah. Yeah. You, nurture, so. you and you guys are doing that. I mean, with, with the way things are structured now, nurturing them from, you know, from their from their first opportunity to throw a leg over on a race grid. Yeah. If they graduate, if you want to use the term graduate or progress to a point in World Superbike, you know, it's I think it's great. I think, it, again, we talked about things being cyclical. Everything kind of comes back around. I think that's a great thing, man.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we're fortunate to have Wayne Rainey involved. As and and as you know, I mean, he's he's at every round, and uh, he makes shout himself out to Mr. Available. Wayne Rainey. Shout out to Mr.
0: Wayne there Rainey. There you go, the homie,
1: yeah, we, homie. Appreciate none of this, we couldn't do any of this without him. So, but I mean, he makes himself accessible. You know, you can be a fourteen-year-old kid, and uh, you can go up and have a conversation with Wayne and and ask him, hey, you know, I'm doing this or I'm struggling with this or whatever, and that guy's going to tell you you know, you can draw from that guy's experience and he wants to help. So.
0: And that makes a big difference when you have someone of his, you know, pedigree, someone of his uh, station in life who makes himself, he's, he's open, just like you said, you can walk up and that's, you know, when you see a hero, when you, when your hero is walking around amongst you, You know, and, you know, it's a it's a very cool thing to be able to have access and share the vision. It almost creates a sense of shared vision. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And he's 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 one of those
1: individuals that's extremely positive and he's been there, done that. And he will, he, he, he will look you in the eye and tell you exactly what it takes. And what it takes is you've got to want it more than anything else. And you've got to work as hard as you possibly can, um, to, 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 to get to that next level. But, you know, if I'm a young guy and I go talk to him, I leave I leave him and I'm thinking to myself, okay, if this is what I want to really do, if I want to go world championship racing, Okay, he just basically told me what I need to do. Now I just got to go do it. He just gave you the program. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. And and I mean you're 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 lit, you're listening to a guy who who won three world championships. So right. there's there's no BS there. I mean, he's basically telling you if you want it and you're willing to work for it, you know, there's no reason why you can't get it, but you got to want it and you got to want it bad.
0: You hear that kid? You got to be hungry. Hungry for it. Yeah, I mean,
1: you know, there's there's some riders who are happy to walk around with the hat and the sunglasses on, and you know, and that that's good. Everybody's got their place, but you know, if you really want to do it, you know, you got to want it for the right reasons. So,
0: Paul, oh, you you you've said many of true things here, many of true things, and uh, you know, well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 ladies and gentlemen, listeners, if if you. The next race you go to Look for Mr. Paul Carruthers Because this guy I swear You're one of my favorite people Not just in the paddock Not just in the race community You you know how I feel about you man I really do dig you um, You're good for my soul brother I, And I mean that um, I want to Every episode We have mm-hmm. the Super Poll questions And you know It's kind of a off the cuff kind of thing, and it's just something that the listeners can get to know a little bit more about you, and that's kind of rapid fire. So it's it's mandatory. Um, are you ready? Oh god, yes. Are you ready? This wasn't on the list. Of stuff I know. Talk I know this was. Not this what is, I, was talking I could have
1: prepared. Go ahead.
0: No, I, okay. I, all I can do is screw shit up. That's all you can do, buddy. <laughs> all right. So, question number one, and you know what? They're they're easy. Tip. Sometimes I ask two. Sometimes I ask three you my guy you are a three you're a three question guy so starting off with the Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin
1: wow Um, I'm gonna go Rolling Stones
0: Hmm. okay that's an acceptable answer moving on Drake or Meek Mill let's do Drake (laughs) (laughs) Am I, failing? Am
1: I, failing? Maybe, hey, I might come across
0: cooler If I actually said the one that I didn't know who was. No but it's funny Because I I, actually, I know that you know Who Drake is I don't know if you know who Meek Mill is also No I don't I, I absolutely do not I'm, I'm going to have to google it when I get back to my office That's what, that's what makes it great <laughs> Okay, Dude okay. I'm old Oh no, you're not that old Alright Final question Okay Let me get it out there right. Okay here we go If you could take a ride With anyone Alive, no longer with us Mythical Fictional uh, Biblical Who would you take that ride with Where would you ride to And what would you be riding Holy crap Yeah um.
1: Oh man, Black Moses is complicated. Um. Yeah, you're complicated. How about this? Is really weird. How about I? He can be dead, right? <laughs> he yeah. probably he probably would be after our ride. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um. I'll I'll go on a motorcycle ride with with Ronald Reagan. Really? Whoa. Um, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Why not? Best day, so far. Most interesting answer. Keep going. Go ahead. Okay, so we'll we we'll, we'll go on a motorcycle ride with Ronald Reagan. We'll ride. Uh, it's got to be something comfortable but fun. Um, I don't. I can. I'm trying to picture what I can picture Ronald Reagan on. So maybe like a couple of old Triumph Bonnevilles or something. And we're gonna ride. We're gonna ride from since he was. He's a California person. Let's just ride from San Diego to San Francisco.
0: You taking it up? Taking them up the uh, PCH? Yeah, we'll go up PCH. We'll go up the coast.
1: There'd be plenty of nice places we could stop and have lunch. And I, I, I just, I, I, as growing up, he was he, he obviously is president, and he just had that like grandfather type trust um, appeal to him. Like he just he. for the want of a better word he seemed very presidential to me okay like so i just think he'd be interesting and not to mention the fact that he you know he'd he'd be plenty to talk to him about because he's also you know he was an actor in hollywood and and he'd have all kinds of those stories as well and i i just don't i just think he'd be a good guy to go have lunch and a beer with and and ride a motorcycle with
0: brother paul by far that is the most interesting answer (laughs) That, well, it's, it's great, though, it may, and it makes sense. That's a very that's a very Paul Carruthers answer. Well done. Yeah, and I mean,
1: I could, you know, if I sat there, I could think of other people as well, but I don't know why. I just, I, I I don't know. I just think that
0: would be kind of a cool deal, and it'd be something different. See, that's the beauty of it. Had I told you beforehand that question. Yeah. You, yeah, see, rapid fire, Super Bowl. That's how it works. Life in the fast lane, that's what we do, bruh. Paul, is there anybody that you want to give a shout out to, say thank you? Uh, let's make sure that the listeners know how they can follow Moto America on social media. So give all that out right now.
1: Well, I just, I you know, I want to give a shout out first of all to our fans, and I hope there's more of them than we've ever seen before, and I hope they all come out to Road Atlanta and or the racetrack, whatever's closest to their uh, their hometown. I hope they watch our races on on one of our, one or more of our different platforms that we have this year. Um, They can follow Moto America through all our social media platforms, as well as our website, uh, MotoAmerica.com. And I, you know, I think it's important to, there's a lot of people that make Moto America races happen, and it's not just the people here in this office. Um, We have a good group of volunteers that show up, and people don't understand that, like, the, the the guy they see out there waving a flag or, or helping on the grid or whatever, those people are, are mostly volunteers, so they're putting in their time and they're giving away a weekend to help Moto America, and, and they're obviously big fans or they wouldn't want to do that. But, uh, yeah, big shout-out to those guys as well. and no, And our riders, I mean, we have a great group of riders who – like I mentioned earlier, they're willing to go above and beyond to try to help promote our sport, and in, in turn, that helps them, which is, I know is, can be selfish, but I think the bottom line with these guys is they really care about what we're doing, and they want it to grow, and it's not just a selfish thing, so big shout out to those guys, and really just anybody involved in, in what we're trying to do here. I think we all, we all have similar goals and that goes to, uh, to, to, to someone like yourself and, and the other journalists who cover our series and, and try to, you know, do so with, in a positive light. So yeah, there's a lot of people to thank because there's a lot of people that, uh, that make or break how this series turns out.
0: Paul, you're the guy. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for, uh, spending a little bit of your day with your boy. You know what I mean? No, I, I appreciate
1: you having me. And if uh, if I can if I can do this again or or help in any other way, you know where to find me.
0: Absolutely. I will see. I won't be. Unfortunately, I won't be in Atlanta, but I'll catch up with you in Texas for round two.
1: Yeah. And I want you to be at some other races. I don't want you to just showboat and show up (laughs) at these international (laughs) MotoGP things. You know, I get tired of that big shot attitude you got. You know, you need to come down into the trenches and show up at every Moto America race. And I'm going to be disappointed if I don't see you. So
0: challenge accepted. All right. Thank you. Appreciate you, brother. I'll talk to you soon, man. All right, you have a good time. That's our show this week. And once again, got to give a shout out and a major thank you to my buddy, Mr. Paul Carruthers from Moto America. Make sure you guys and gals show love. Check them out www.motoamerica.com. Their opening round of the 2019 season kicks off next week, April the 5th, at Road Atlanta in Georgia. Hey, you know, it, it support the sport. Please make sure that you're following the show on all social media platforms. On Instagram at life in the fast lane official, on Twitter @litfl official, and on Facebook at life in the fast lane podcast. Please hit that like, hit that share, and that subscribe button. We'll be right back here. Next Friday, with an all-new episode of Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. I'm going! I'm Jerry P. Tuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.